such a beautiful song. Um, as one who loves worship, it's hard for me just to come out of worship and then to dive right, right in. So if you guys don't mind, we're going to open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. For it is you who sent your son, dear God, that we might have life and life more abundantly. He would die on our behalf that we might not live a life away from you, dear God, but that we could be reconciled to you, that we can be in right relationship with you. He was the propitiation of our sins. He redeemed us, and so we are thankful. We love you. We thank you. We worship you in spirit and in truth. It's in Jesus' name that I do pray. Amen. Good morning, Glendale family. Um, it's not Brian. I'm a little, I got a little color on me, a little melanin. A little. Um, but um, thank you guys for having me this morning. Uh, my good friend, um, B. Diddy, as I call him, um, he said, Alvin, man, can you come in and give us a word, you know, maybe in late July or early August? And I was like, sure. And um, mind you, I don't, I don't just like to preach anywhere for anyone. Um, I like people who are authentic. And one thing that I love about Brian is that um, he's authentic. He's, he's a character. <laughs> uh, he, he's definitely a character, um, he, but he's, he's honestly who he is everywhere he is. And so I appreciate Brian. Um, one, one thing before we actually get started, I was, you know, looking over the Voyage LA um, where Brian gave an interview, right? And I saw this picture and I was like, who is that guy with all that hair? And uh, <laughs> Yeah, a wonderful picture. Mandy and the kids look great, but uh, Brian, yeah, brother. Anyways, um, again, welcome. Good morning, good morning, good morning, okay? And so I was telling Brian this as well, just to give you a little preview of who I am. Um, I'm from the Metropolitan Church of Christ in Carson, but um, I'm a little, I'm, I, Brian is a uh, golden retriever, right? He's real smooth, everyone loves a golden retriever. I'm, I'm a pit bull, right? But I'm not just your ordinary pit bull. You have Petey, you know, from the Little Rascals. He was a nice pit bull. I'm a pit bull from South Central Los Angeles. And see, pit bulls, when I was growing up, um, the guys would walk them around the neighborhood with these big old massive chains on their neck, and these pit bulls had muscles everywhere. And every time I walked past a gate in the community, the, if there was a pit, pit bull in the backyard, that pit bull would try to jump over the gate. And so I believe they, they fed the pit bulls gunpowder or something. It was just, yeah, so the pit bull's a little wild and, you know, a little, yeah. So I know you're used to the smoothness that is. Brian, but, um, you know, we'll see where God takes us this morning. Amen? Amen. Our scripture for this morning is taken from the second um, letter to the Corinthian church. Although this is the second letter that we have, it's actually the fourth letter. This church had a lot of problems. Um, we, know, we know the first letter as this letter where Paul is, is telling them all of their issues that they have and the differences that they have, and he's kind of rebuking them a lot in that letter. But that's actually the second letter. So imagine what the first letter looked like, right? And so Paul, after spending a year and a half there, had to write these letters, and we get to this fourth letter, and it's Paul's, I believe it's, it's towards the last 10 years of his ministry. And so I think Paul is in a different space as he's writing this letter um, to the Corinthian church. And so at the beginning of the letter, we hear Paul, um, you know, tell them that, that, that he has come from a place where he has been shipwrecked and he has gone through all these trials, but the God of all comfort has comforted him um, and be, been able to give him comfort that he may give comfort 
to others. And so he was basically saying that the things that we go through in life, we go through those things so that God can comfort us. And as God comforts us, we are then able to comfort other people and point them back to God so that God can too comfort them. So he starts off this letter there. And I've preached that from that text a lot of times. And it wasn't until this time in studying and preparing for this sermon that I realized that this, this letter that Paul was writing was more, it wasn't a rebuke. It wasn't necessarily that he was trying to tell them a lot of doctrine. It was him pouring out his soul about where he was and what he had gone through and all his trials and tribulations. Because we get towards the end of the book and, and he talks about this thorn he has in his side. And so Paul is really pouring out his soul to to this church, this church that he loved, this church that had a lot of issues. And so our text for this morning is taken from the fifth chapter of the of second Corinthians. And in the fifth chapter of second Corinthians, um, starting around verse 16, um, the Bible reads, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him that way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is, is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the ministry or the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So when Paul gets to this part of our lesson, Paul is, is, is encouraging the church to be ambassadors. But before he gets there, he says, therefore, we no longer see. So that therefore, I was taught, is always there for a reason. So what does Paul talk about before this? Paul is talking about the fact that we no longer um, live our life according to the flesh, that we no longer um, let our, our fleshly life drive us, that, that our flesh is a part of who we are, but it's not our eternal part, right? And so we don't get focused in on the fleshly things. We get focused in on the eternal. And so Paul is talking about um, though we may be beaten uh, and though we may be pressed and, and though we may be stressed and though we may be going through life, this life is not our home. So we walk by faith and not by sight. And that faith is in the fact that we have an eternal place with Jesus Christ and the Father in heaven. And so we no longer see people from the place of just in their flesh. So when he says we no longer see people this way anymore, we don't see people according to the flesh, we have to back up and start ask, to ask ourselves, when we're on Instagram or when we're on, on Facebook and we're having conversations with people, are we looking at them according to the flesh or are we looking at them according to their eternal spirit? When we're talking about, you know, Democrats and Republicans and, and racial issues in America during the pandemic, are we looking at people from the context and the standpoint of the flesh or in the spirit? Or do we care about their eternal soul or do we care more about if, if abortion is right or if abortion is wrong? Do we care more about their souls being saved or we care about telling them they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong? 
we have to ask ourselves these questions. Why am I engaged in these conversations? Why am I pressing so hard against the Reds team or the blue team? Why do I speak more about sports and get more animated about sports than I get animated about Jesus Christ and him being crucified because it is his cru- crucifixion that gives me life? And so, so um, Paul, he starts there just to put our focus on the fact that, look, we don't look at people the same way anymore. We're saved. We have an eternal hope, and we want to give this eternal hope to people. So we don't, we don't, it doesn't matter what skin color they have. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what their uh, political uh, ideology is. What matters is when it's all said and done, what is their eternal hope? And so he says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Not some things, but all things. That, that word for new creature, creature or a new creation is that he's, a, he's, he's brand new, that he's fresh, that he's something different than he was before. See, in God, he, he wipes away our sins. We hold on to him, but God wipes them away. Jesus Christ's blood on the cross wipes away our sins yesterday, today, and forevermore. We may hold on to him, but in God, we are new creatures. We we are new and we don't have to hold on to that stuff. We don't have to hold on to the things that, that people have said about us growing up. We don't have to hold on to the trauma that has tried to captivate our lives. We don't have to hold on to the, those things. In Christ Jesus, we're new. Amen. We're new. No matter what I've gone through in my life, in Christ Jesus, I am new. Hallelujah, somebody. And so he says, we are new creatures. The old things are passed away. Behold, everything becomes new. And he says that God has given us, that, that God through Christ Jesus has given us something, that God through Christ Jesus has reconciled us. Reconciled us to where? To himself. He has reconciled us to a relationship with him. See, in Christ Jesus and through Christ Jesus, we now have the right relationship with God. But Jesus had to pay it all. That Jesus went through all the pain so I don't have to have pain eternal. That Jesus went through, dealt with all my problems on the cross so I don't have to carry my burden. So I exchanged my burdens for his. Why? Because his yoke is easy and his burdens are light. I don't have to carry all the weight of the world on my shoulders. Why? Because Jesus on the cross took upon all the weight of the world. And so I cast all of my cares, all of my frustrations, and all of my fears to him. I don't have to hold on to all that old stuff. I don't have to converse with these people about all this stuff that doesn't matter. Let's talk about Jesus Christ, him dying on a cross, and him reconciling us to a right relationship with God, that we might then go forward and not only have a right relationship with God, then God says he has called us to be reconcilers, that we too now have the ministry of reconciliation, that it is up to us, beloved, it is up to us as believers to point people back to God. So again, I ask us, when we're having these conversations and these debates about things going on in this world, should I wear a mask? Should this happen? Should, I, should that happen? Who should I vote for? Who sh- Are we talking about Jesus Christ? He is the only answer to our sin-sick problems. He is the only answer to, let me say this too. When Jesus Christ came, he didn't come to take over the political system. He didn't try to get the entire world to to believe that everybody should think like 
Christians think. He came to impact the lives of a few who will impact the lives and will impact the systems that have occurred. So he didn't come to become a politician, but to impact the life of politicians. He didn't come to set legislation on earth, but he came because he had already set legislation in heaven. And that legislation was that God is righteous, is that God is holy, and that God is right. And I don't care what political party you are part of, if it's not linked up and lined up with God, then it doesn't matter. That God is right. And so, as ministers of this ministry of reconciliation, again, what conversations are we having? Are we pointing people back towards God through Jesus Christ? Are we having conversations that are uplifting and encouraging? Because, you know, as Brian has been saying, man, it's, 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 the struggle is real. It is, it's, and the South Central me says, man, it's real out, out there in these streets. The struggle is real. It's, it's hard out here for people. It's tough out here. And so people need hope in a time of hopelessness. People need peace in a time of pain. People need purpose in a time of a pandemic. And we, as the church, we have that. Are we giving that to people? Are we letting them know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and he has this life for you that is beyond today? So we have this ministry of, of reconciliation and, and this ministry that, that God has given us of reconciliation, reconciling people back to him, not reconciling people to us. We hear this thing being thrown out right now, this, this whole idea of uh, racial reconciliation, right? And outside of scripture, I understand it, that we want to reconcile some relationships in, in race. But ultimately, that is still not my priority, my priority is to reconcile people to God. And if we, if we truly reconcile people to God, guess what's going to happen to our race relations? If we truly reconcile people to the God who made everybody and who loves everybody, our race relations will be fine. But we're too busy trying to fix us and we can't without God. So I don't care how many laws we write, how much money we pour into something. If Jesus Christ is not the center of it, it will not work. And beloved, we have Jesus. And so with this ministry of reconciliation, it was like as, as God were begging the world through us to be reconciled to him. God is begging. God is begging for the world to be reconciled to him because God so loved the world that he gave his best. He gave his only begotten that we might have life and that we might live and that, that we might thrive even in the midst of our pain, that we can have a peace that surpasses all understanding. The only way we get that is in Christ Jesus. And so we're begging people, please, I beg you, I beg you, get to know God, bow down before him and understand that when we sing these songs of worship and we say, who is this God? And he's worthy of worship. He's filled with grace and he's filled with glory. Who is this God? We want you to enter, enter into a relationship with this God because he is full of grace. He is full of love. He is merciful. And through the midst of a pandemic, I can still have peace, not because there's not chaos going all around, but because I have God. So I beg you, be reconciled to God. He sent his son who did not sin, who did not have any issues. He sent his son to die so that you might have a relationship with him. He loves you that much. And this is the ministry that we give to people, people who are feeling hopeless and feeling loveless, 
people who are feeling uh, strangled by their own homes and, and domestic violence has gone up and child abuse has gone up and, and poverty has gone up and all these things are going up and, and the only thing we need to do is point them up to him because it's only there that they can find true peace, even in their poverty, even in their pain. We have this ministry. It is up to us to give it to people. Jesus is not going to come out of heaven and give it again. He has left us the ministry of reconciliation. And so that's my encouragement for us on this morning. As we deal with life and as we live life, we have to remember our, our lives no longer belong to us, that our lives are hidden in Christ Jesus and as long as our lives are hidden in Christ Jesus, we belong to him. And so we need to talk more about him and less about us. We need to be more concerned about the kingdom business and not the business of what's going on in Washington. We need to be more concerned about the kingdom's kids and the people that Jesus Christ came to die for as opposed to trying to figure out all the world's problems. He did not call us to figure out all the world's problems. He has the world in his hands. If he wants to snap it right, he can. He's called us to get people back into right relationship with him. So as we go through this week, we're going to have opportunities to either talk about, am I a Democrat or Republican? Am I a Dodger fan or a Yankee fan? Or am I this or am I that? I implore you, I beg of you to let people know that I am a Jesus fan and that I love him and I stand on him. And whatever the Bible says, that's what I believe, and I'll stand on that. And I'm not going to uh, disallow or allow myself to not love you even if we don't agree. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because even though Jesus Christ does not agree with everything that I do, everything that I think, he still loves me. So I'm going to continue to love you even if we don't see eye to eye. So this week, beloved, be on the lookout for the opportunities to speak life to people, to help people reconcile and to their relationship with God, to point people to God, and to show them that there is a way that they may have a life of peace even in the midst of their pain. As I close my sermon, I remember um, growing up, every day what would happen was I'd go to school at Normandy Elementary School, Normandy Avenue Elementary, shout out to the Cougars. Um, so every day we'd go to school and I'd, I'd get over there and, you know, I'd play a little bit, I'd eat some breakfast, and then um, we'd go to class. And when we went to class, we, um, the, the, a kid would come over the loudspeaker every morning, five days a week, every morning. And I don't ever remember sitting down and actually learning this, but every morning we would get up and this kid would say, please stand, place your right hand over your heart, ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I end my sermon with this, that as a nation, we actually have an opportunity to make this Pledge of Allegiance true. One nation, under God, indivisible, not divided, in Christ Jesus, with liberty and justice for all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving us and bestowing upon us this ministry of reconciliation, this ministry, dear God, that you've entrusted in us that we might serve people by turning them back to you. 
God, you are so awesome and so amazing. Father, that you, Father, the God of all of creation, would choose us, these lowly beings, to help other people to get to know you. But the only way that happens is through Jesus Christ. So, Father, we thank you for sending us a Savior, Father. Even when we didn't need, know that we had need of saving, we thank you for sending us someone who would love us when we didn't love ourselves. We thank you that in spite of all of our sin issues, all of our trespasses against you, dear God, that you loved us beyond our fault and you saw our need and we needed a Savior. We needed you. And so we thank you that you sent Jesus and now we have the right relationship with you. We pray for those who are watching who don't know you, dear God, who are in this cyber world, dear God, and they're struggling, dear God. First, we pray your peace over their lives, but we pray, Father, that you, Father, will pull them unto you, Father, and that we'll, they will be led to you to be disciples of Christ, dear God, to live this life out, Father, to the fullest of their capability in Christ Jesus, Father. Whatever pains they're going through, whatever problems they have, Father, help them to turn their pain into praise, Father, and their problems, Father, into to the great prayer unto you, dear God, so we cast these things to you. Whatever we're going through, this pandemic is yours, Father. Um, the racial tension in this world is yours. All of this stuff is yours, dear God. Father, you, you take control of that, Father. We just bow down to your feet and want to point people back to you. So I pray for those, Father, who are, who are in need of you. And Father, for the church, I pray for us, dear God, that we will be the church, that we will be the called out ones, called into a relationship with you that we may drive other people and encourage other people and walk alongside other people so that they may have a relationship with you. Let them see our light so shine in our lives at home and at work, um, not just at church, that they say, I want what you have. Give me some Jesus, Father, and we give them, Father, Jesus, Father. We give them our Lord and our Savior, Father, for he belongs to everyone and he died for every single person on this planet. Father, we love you so much. We thank you. We are enamored with who you are. We pray that we will bless you in our lives in spirit and in truth. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.